0: I'm reading today in scripture out of John chapter 1 John chapter 1 and if you're not familiar with uh, the scripture all that much John um, was the closest disciple to Jesus and so as you read the, the, the gospels you'll, you'll find a lot of similarities in Matthew, Mark, and Luke but John has a completely different personality and view of the life of Christ and the stories that he tells And man, it's just beautiful when you read it because he's dialed into kind of the the love of God. And uh, so he paints this beautiful picture of Jesus. And I'd encourage you to read it this week if you can. Some really powerful chapters in here. John chapter 1. I'm going to start off in verse 43 and read to 49. And we'll get started. The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. I'm going to stop right there for a second in verse 43. This happens in the day prior, it says, the following day. The day prior, this is Jesus starting His ministry and uh, we find that He had just found Andrew and Peter the day before. This is when Jesus has this radical encounter with Peter and um, and he, he he calls the disciples. Um, the next day He finds two more. and This is where He finds uh, Philip and And his brother. And so he looks over at Philip in 43 and he says to him these bold words follow me. Man, can you imagine just how life changing it would be for someone to walk into your life and say, hey, you, I'm doing greater things than anything that you've got going on. You should follow me. That's huge. I hear something playing behind me. Okay, good. I was like, man, is that, is heaven opening right now over me? It was really. All right, that's just the Holy Spirit. Okay, here we go. So Jesus says, follow me, 44. Now Philip said, uh, Philip was from Bethsaida, uh, the city of Andrew and Peter. Remember he just found them in the last couple verses. And uh, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote of Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael looks at his brother and he says, hey, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip says, come see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and he said, behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no, I'm going to stop right here, no deceit just for a second. He looks at this guy whom he has never seen before. Jesus and Nathanael have an encounter they've never met before and he looks at Nathanael and he says, here comes an Israelite of whom there is no deceit. Nathanael kind of gets freaked out. And in the next verse, he, he, Nathaniel said to him, "How do you know me?" Whew. Jesus answered and said to him, "Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you." Now this is this is powerful because Jesus is is. Call it's there's a character, there's an identity, there's a calling, there's something that's happening that's bigger than the moment of one person meeting another. He's speaking of his potential, he's speaking of who he knows he's going to be. There is a deep calling on to deep here. And Nathaniel answered him and said in verse 49: Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Man, I love this. Let's pray, Father. Jesus, please help. Please help. Please help. Amen. Why I really felt like this time was important that we went over and discussed these scriptures is because there's a common scenario that happens in all of our lives when every day is just happening and we wake up and every day is just the same as the day before and every day is the same as as it was before. And then there's the day that we realized that something bigger and larger is happening in our lives than it is happening in the billions of other people that is on earth. And that's the calling. That's when Jesus says like, hey, I know you And I don't know if you can recall, my, my first point today is, is that um, you will hear, you will hear, you will hear, you will hear, you will hear. Even before we begin to hear his voice, we have heard him. And it's when Jesus looks at us and says, Hey, I know you, and I know what you're made of, and I know where you're going. I remember the first couple times that I ever heard any story of, of the gospel of Jesus. And I remember being in a church and hearing the gospel for the first couple times, and it was like someone was speaking. From a stage that I didn't know and they were talking right into the seat where I was sitting talking of the potential and the, 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 the life that God wanted me to live. And I don't know if, you, if this has happened to you yet, but I believe that you will hear that God is saying that there is something specific for you, that there is a call of God on your life, that there is purpose for you, that come and follow me. Now your life is different. Can you hear the call of God happening? Because I think that some of us have fallen into this mundane scenario where we forgot the encounter of Jesus has changed us and made us different. Come follow me. And there's a difference in following Jesus and waking up tomorrow with a pre, um, uh, I, 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 preconceived idea of what the whole day is going to line up. But when we're following the Lord, we, we don't know what's happening. But we're following someone with great expectation because there's someone great that is leading us. I want to keep going here. I'm talking about the calling. When he looks at him and he, 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 he knew who he was already I want you to know that God knows you and he knows the situations of your life and he knows what's happened and he, he doesn't he, he, hold on. I think about Peter when he called Peter in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 through 20. Matthew says it this way, and Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and they followed Jesus. He was talking to someone who had a a very common day, a very common life. And Jesus says, look at me. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. I will make great purpose in your life and I will give you a reason to wake up every day. If you follow me, there will be meaning in your life. You will do great things. And I believe that inside all of us, some of us have have forgotten what the call of God looks like on our lives. We forgot that there is a purpose. Some of us have forgotten that there is, in fact, a call of God. Have you heard it? And maybe you're not called to come up here and preach, but you have to recognize that Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's the hope of the nations. It's that there is reason for waking up tomorrow, that you were awakened to do great things. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. He says, if any man will open that door, I will come in and I will meet with him. Do you remember the time that God called you? And do you remember that He is still this day calling you? And what I recognize is that the call of God is different than any other thing that happens in this earth. He is calling me to a higher level of integrity, to a higher level of character, to a higher level of purpose, to a higher meaning of passion than what anyone else has on this life. Some people wake up tomorrow with the expectation that great things are going to happen because of their career or great things are going to happen because of a relationship that they're entering into. And what I'm telling you is that if you would be so wise to realize that you wake up tomorrow following the creator of the universe that I will make of you fishers of men, please. Jesus would say this way, to him who have ears let him hear. Many are called but few are chosen and that God is doing something here in this room right now. He is trying to awaken the dead and awaken the sleeping inside of us that we would recognize the purpose that you have on your life today. Lord only you can knock on our hearts. And only you can awaken us. There are some here in this room that are still bound by yesterday and they don't recognize the day that's in front of them. Follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. I want you to know that God knows the spot you're in and he knows what's happened. And I love that he can look at the disciples and know their past and still speak to their future. I remember the day that he found me. My second point today is the very next verse that we find in 1 John chapter 1. No, not 1 John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Um, He says this. uh, So prior to what he says in verse 50, as I reread that, Nathaniel saw him coming and he said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, Jesus said to Nathanael. Nathaniel said, how do you know me? Verse 48, before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you and Nathaniel said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 50. Jesus answered him and said, because I said to you I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. You will see greater things than these. It's, Nathaniel has this moment where he realizes that maybe, maybe this is Jesus and this guy knows me more intimately than anyone else that knows me and he is speaking to the potential on my life more than anyone else has. I don't know if you've ever had the moment in your life where you felt like God, the hope of glory, the king of the universe, the lover of your soul was ever calling out to you. And in that moment, it felt like you just knew, like we sang in that song, that God loves you. My point number one was that you would hear. My point number two is that you, you will see. that You will see greater things than this. It's not just that God can speak to you and can wash you and cleanse your soul of everything that you've done wrong. It's, that, it's not just that God can give you a new day and a new life. It's that there's greater things that are yet to happen. I, I had a situation that happened this week and it was so it was cute and it was so convicting because I think that I have also forgotten situations like this. It was kind of simple. I, I met someone for the first time that uh, was like a pre-ordained situation. Uh, someone from our church had met this young lady. Somewhere. And this lady runs a ministry and she has been trying to get some things up and going and and for some reason someone in our church met this lady and said, you know, the perfect person for you to meet would be the pastor of our church, Tim. Now please understand I am no one I'm just as common as you are. Okay, But this happened in this situation and I fell into it and because I fell into this situation I want to tell you about it. So this lady was like, man, I am so excited. I can't wait to meet him. And she uh, left this conversation and began praying about how she would come across our path. And maybe I should look him up. You ever find this? Oh, yeah, I'll call that person. I'll reach out to them or I'll look them up. And uh, you put it off. Later that night, uh, the lady went to a prayer meeting. And at a prayer meeting was random. It was outside of her area of ministry. It was under the umbrella of another organization. And at this scenario, my wife happened to show up at the same event. And they were praying, sitting down, eyes closed, and uh, when they opened their eyes up my wife had plopped down just next to her in this chair. About 50 to 75 people in the room. My wife was sitting next to this lady and this lady says oh, you know, hey, uh, um, what's your name? Yada yada. And my wife says, oh, I'm I'm Teresa. And he goes, oh, where do you go to church? And she says, oh, well, I actually go to the Way Community Church. um, the lady just freaked out of her mind, and she, uh, she was like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm supposed to meet a guy from that church. And my wife goes, oh, and she, oh, his name is Tim. And my wife goes, well, that's, that's my husband. Uh, and so the, the lady was freaked out of her mind, and so uh, I got to meet her this week, and, and, and she was almost teary-eyed as she's telling me how this divine appointment came to be. Uh, and so if this happens to Nathaniel as he, Jesus looks at her and says, hey, look, I know who you are. I knew you before here. I saw you past tense under a tree and God saw you in your old situation and he's calling you out of that situation and into greater things and he looks at Nathaniel and says it's not just that you believe right now but I have to let you know that greater things are going to happen. You're going to see greater things. You're going to see greater things. You're going to see greater things. Now time out. Stop that story. Remind you about this situation with this lady and um, I want you to remember that greater things are going to happen to you also. This may have been me. One of the things I think the enemy has done in our church, and I can't speak of any other church or anything else, but I, well, I think one of the en- things the enemy has done here is he has robbed a lot of people of expectation. That Many people have fallen into the trick that we should just live for tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and we're grinding and we're grinding and we're grinding and we're, grinding and we're not looking for any greater things. And so when I saw this verse, it popped out to me. And what was crazy is I had already planned this sermon when I had this conversation with this lady. And she was telling me about how God set this up. God set this up. I'm so excited. Like, it was so cool. I needed to see you. I needed to see you. And I had forgot what it would be like to live in a scenario where we're living in the miraculous. What greater things are you expecting God to do in your life? I want to remind you right now that if you're following Jesus, that you should be expecting greater things to happen in your life. You should be expecting finances, financial breakthroughs. If you're in a scenario right now, I want you to set your heart to believe that he who owns a cattle on a thousand hills likes you. And he's about you. And he knows the number of hairs of hair on your head. He knows the situation you're in, that he can feed you by the ravens or he can feed you by your neighbor or he can feed you by your church or he can provide for you. More importantly... There are relationships that you have right now that you should be believing for breakthroughs in. You have to. If we're not believing for breakthroughs, then what are we doing? Because He wants to do greater things. He wants to, He is a greater thing. He is not a normal person. He is God, and He lives in our life, and He walks with us, and He is leading us. And if we're not expecting greater things, then we're dead already. And so today I prophesy into our church, and into your life. Greater, greater things, greater things, greater things, greater things, greater things. I believe it's a sin to serve the Lord without expectation. Don't, I don't mean to be cute. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. All right. Don't don't stop believing, you know. That song. I, I got it in my head where I was. Like, don't. Sorry. I'm dumb. And we have seen so many wonderful things. We've seen so many things at church. So many simple things. Like I mean, I I wish that I could speak to you only of the miraculous, but the problem is, is it isn't always just healing. Like I can tell you so many stories of healing, but some of you are like, "Yeah, okay, but like in the natural." Like something happened that was really crazy in our church a couple weeks ago. And it's silly to you guys, but to me it was supernatural. We have a problem in our MPB. It's 150 degrees in that building over there and the youth are going to meet over there. And we're like, man, what are we going to do? I mean, it's going to cost us like a lot of money to drywall and insulate and put studs on all those walls and, and then buy a huge AC unit that will feel like we can't afford that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to a building that isn't ours. It's not even wise if we had the money to invest the money in it. Does that make sense? So what are we going to do? And we're like, we need a fan that we can put in there that would suck all this air out. And that fan's probably going to cost us like five to $10,000. And where are we going to find this fan? And that same day that we talked about this, Brady and I, we called a friend that goes to church here. And I got on the phone and I said, hey, Bill, how are you, man? I know, we, we, it would be great if we had a fan. he said, you should have told me, I see these things a lot uh, at work. Like every, every once, every like three months, I, I see a fan and we throw it right in the trash. And I wish that you would have told me because I could have found one. And I was like, oh, well, that's crazy. And then he, and later, uh, <laughs> that really stinks, you know. And then later that day, he texts me and he says, I'm just curious. Can you send me the measurement of what you're looking for? And I send the measurement out and a 22-inch fan and blah, 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 And he was like, oh, that's cool. And then he texts me back later that night and he goes, hey, you wouldn't believe what happened today. I got a fan that I'm going to throw away. And it's 22 inches. And, uh, and I'm like, dear Lord, that is awesome. And uh, And it's silly. But it's miraculous, and he cares. And he cares for you, and the more you set your heart to looking for, for great things, the more you'll find that you're tripping over them all day long and missing them. Yeah. Don't stop believing. we have to get a copyright <laughs> for that song, Rich? I don't know. Okay, here we go. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to sing that on the podcast. Okay, sorry. Uh, my point number three is that you will do now this is the hardest one guys this is hard sometimes it's, it's easy to say that I can believe that I'll be in the circumstance of the miraculous or that I can see miraculous things but Jesus said something that it's, it's hard for me to swallow and I'm sure that it will be hard for you to swallow I've been reading this verse every day for the last five weeks I am having a hard time with this verse but I realize that God is, is speaking this over me and so I, I think that in some ways he's speaking it to the dead in me, calling me to life. And in some ways he's speaking it to the dead in you. It's like a coach telling a guy, a kid who doesn't believe that he can catch a ground ball. Like I just can't play shortstop. The, ground, the ball just comes so fast. You can do this. You will do it. You're the perfect for this position. And some of us don't believe that we can do greater things. And uh, it's just wrong you are going to do greater things. Check this out. This is Jesus speaking in uh, John chapter 14. If Jesus, remember, he's the savior of the world. He is the only one that's risen from the dead and can save our soul. And he is the wisest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And he's the one that lives inside of you. Pretty big, awesome dude going on here. And he speaks massive words in this passage. Every day I've read this and it's crazy, and I'm on the wrong place. John chapter 14, verse 12. Here we go. I'm going to pray one more time. Lord, help. Amen. Here we go. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 12. If you have your phones, you want to bookmark this. Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I'm going to time out there. There's a lot of parts of this verse that people don't believe in. And so I want to say to you a bold statement. Either this book is truth or it's not. We have to make up our mind right there. Because if it's not true, then there's no point of you coming today. This is a motivational sermon. You can hear better ones online. If it's true, it's alive. If it's alive, it can alter your life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. One, the first part of this point is that you, this is part, point three. You will hear, you will see, you will do. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say, I love that. First of all, he's saying, I assure you. I am God and I'm telling you that I want to I want to want to make you known something. This is what I'm saying, it's true. He who believes in me, he's not talking to his disciples. He's opening this up to anybody who believes. I qualify. The works that I do, he will do also, and he will do greater. He will do the works that I do and he will do greater. He will do the works that I do and He will do greater. He will do the works that I do and He will do greater. Assuredly, I say to you that you will do greater. That you will do greater. That you will do greater. You have to make up your mind. Are you going to believe this? Or is it hogwash? Because something has to change in the way that you carry the Word of God. Because I am not telling you this he is telling you this, and I'm just telling you that the guy that I believe that hung on a tree for you and rose from the grave is telling you this. So, what kind of works did he do? Well, he did some crazy things. One, he forgave people. That is a miracle in and of itself. He multiplied provision for people. That is a crazy work. He gave, he loved, he touched people that were lepers that no one else would touch. I, If there was no other work under heaven than, uh, than that, I want that. I want to be able to love those that everyone else has ignored. That would be a work of, of heaven. He walked on water. He touched the lost. He hugged the woman at the well. He, 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 he comforted the, the woman caught in adultery. I mean, Jesus did some crazy works. He raised the dead. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. And he loved, and he loved, and he loved, and he touched, and he was faithful, and he was true, and you will do greater works. You know what's funny is um, when you're coaching any, anyone in a sport, the reason to have coaches is because people choose To believe their limitation. And the reason why you have a coach is because you need someone else to remind you that what you see is a limitation and you can do greater. Our Savior is telling us that we are supposed to not see and not just witness, but do. And so where are the limitations that you see on your life? And what are you capable of? And where have we stopped believing? Because I, I'm prophesying. that the, I believe that I don't know about what happened at the church down the street, but one of the problems in our church is that we have settled for far less than what we were supposed to. Stop settling. Stop settling, stop settling, stop settling, stop settling and start realizing that we're following someone that's calling us to do greater, to raise the dead in us. Now I don't there was a day when I used to think that that was the coolest thing that could ever happen is that I could walk into a, a hospital and raise a dead person and now I realize that that's far less than what I want. God, give me hearts. Give me broken. Give me love. Like Let me help those family members that are lost. Like, help. like God, I want to reach people. God, I want to do things. I want to provide for someone. I want to show up in the 11th hour of someone's life with a check that they need. And I want to know it before they knew that I had it. God, give me money that I can give away. Like Let me be a blessing regardless of the cost. But the problem is, is we have to get past what we want in our life. Like we have to see past our shiny new car. We have to see past our white picket fence. We have to see past the needs that we have in our own life and want for others more than we want for ourselves. And that's following Jesus. Is that he lived his life in a way that he didn't need people to come and sit at his table and wash his feet. He was willing to sit at their table and wash their feet. And that is a miracle in and of itself. And God, if you could set us up in a way that we would see the needs of those around us greater than our own, that would be a miracle. Greater things you will do. I prophesy that you will do, that you will do, that you will do, that you will do. And one of the hardest things that you will do that I prophesy is think of others above yourself to make other people more important than you. It's a miracle when it happens. It's a miracle when it happens. It's a miracle when it happens. And then he says something like, I feel like it's maybe even crazier. Not just that I would do, but he says that you can ask in my name whatever you want and I'll do it. I don't like that verse. I don't like the verse before. I want to like it. And I want to believe it. But there's a part of me that's hard and I don't know why. And I really, I got I to gotta admit, when I, when I close my eyes and I pray, I know that he is faithful and true. But there is a part inside me that has a hard time identifying this and I think it's because that I've associated the failures that man has had in my life and the broken promises that man has made to me and I've attached that to the Lord. And that is a sin. Because he is not them. He is faithful and true. He has never left me nor forsaken me. He has never let me down yet. He has never left me in want. Now there are situations in my life that he has put me in because I needed to be in that situation. Maybe not just for me but for others that are also going to walk through it. But I know that if I ask anything in his name. And so what I I begin to think about. So how many things have I asking for in my life that is just for me? Or how many times do I wake up Asking for others. Like what does God want to do in my life and how much of it is for me? And I think about the gifts of God in my life. Like the gift of of prophecy or the gift of administration or the gift of helps. And I wonder, how many of those gifts are for me? They're not. And the things that he wants me to petition in my life for would be for you. God, give me finances that I can be a blessing. God, give me courage that I can be, give me words that I can be a blessing. Like that I can be so bold that I can walk into someone's life that's broken and tell them that there is a new day tomorrow. I don't know about the church down the street, but I believe that one of the problems that our church has had is that we have forgotten to believe for greater things. You will hear, you will see, And you will do. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe. One of my favorite top 10 movies of all time is the corny movie of uh, Hook. You ever see it? I've showed the movie here like six times so I didn't want to do it again today because I've shown this clip so many times. But it's like my favorite scene in the whole world when Peter Pan is sitting at the table in Neverland and he's with all the tables and, and everyone's eating and they're grubbing and they're like slapping their face and all food and Peter Pan's like this is just dumb. Like, There's nothing on these plates going on and, and this little cute guy looks over at Peter and he goes You have to believe, Peter. (laughs) And then like it's like he starts like doing it and then like, you're doing it, Peter. You're doing it. And all of a sudden, like there's this food fight and everyone goes crazy. And it's because like we have to we have to stir ourselves to believe again. And so I don't know what life lessons has taught you, but if you didn't hear it here, you have to change what you believe. The enemy has no problem selling you something short of this. We have to believe. There is a world of people out there that n- are dying for us to believe. Would you come, Rich? My point number one today is that you would hear. My point number two is that you would see. My point number three is that you would do. And I think that many of us have to remember that you've been called and that there is a plan of God on your life and that God wants to do great things in you. But you got to believe. Next week I'm going to talk about the, the character and the identity that walks with this kind of potential. And I think it's, it's going to be pretty huge.